we've, yeah, hold on just a sec. We visited uh, Merlou's mom, Helen, a couple times this week down in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, she's coming back slowly. She's had a lot of stomach issues, and they scoped her, and they did the different things. But uh, yeah, as of yesterday, she was taking soft food in, and uh, it was okay with her, which is a big step. So they're hoping that maybe she can even come home in the next day or so. Uh, she is anxious to come home. <laughs> She's been in the hospital for a week now. And um, she's ready to come home. Actually, she's ready to go home, if you know what I mean. But she's also ready to come home and, uh, and get back to some semblance of a routine for her. So keep her in your th thoughts and prayers. Mary? Hannah Hall is still struggling with her concussion. She said she tried to do math in her head the other day and she couldn't do it. So that's frustrating because she can't run, she can't walk much, she can't watch TV, she can't read. <laughs> she can't do a lot of movement and it's oh Hannah. Hannah Hall, my granddaughter, she's twelve She got a concussion and it, it's Nice and loud, Mary. She missed out on doing Darien um, Seabreeze yesterday with her family. Oh. So she can't read, she can't do math, she, and she can't walk, she can't swim. She has to just slowly build up on this, and it's frustrating because school starts in two weeks or less. You know, two weeks. So pray for her because she doesn't want to get behind in school. She's in seventh grade, so she's got a whole different atmosphere, many teachers, she can't do gym right now, I mean, so she's frustrated, so pray that God heals her. Okay. Pray for healing for Hannah and her concussion, that the symptoms will go away. Yeah, she's frustrated, she got hit by a soccer ball in the head, in the temple, in the temple. So. Must have been quite a hit. Gary? I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't. Oh. Dale Wood's mother went home to be with the Lord. Okay, thank you for that. Anybody else? Let's pray for kids going back to school and college kids, and especially the believers that are still going with the hedge of protection on all the Right. And also for the poor people in Texas. Yes, lots of flooding down there with that storm. Right. before you this morning, knowing that uh, you already know what's on our hearts, 
and we know that you're a God who cares and who listens to us and uh, empathizes with us and we thank you that you're sovereign and that you are in control even when sometimes it appears our lives are out of control you're still in control and we thank you for that I pray for the lost of, of this town and this village and this area. I pray that you will uh, give us a strong burden to reach them. Help us to be aware of the opportunities that we have to uh, invite people to church, to say something about our faith, to share our faith with those around us who uh, perhaps don't know you. Um, the uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I pray that you would use each of us to be your mouthpieces here locally. And Lord, I pray for Helen as she continues in the hospital and for her daughter Joni, who has been attending to her for a long time. Uh, that you would each give them, give them each strength and uh, build them up and I pray for my wife also and, and the rest of the family who's involved with uh, taking care of her. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, take her in your time. I know she's ready. Lord, whenever you have. And uh, <clears throat> I pray for the kids going back to school, for the, for the Christians, that they would be able to... Uh, take advantage of many opportunities presented to them to share their faith with those around them uh, as they're surrounded by non-Christians and, and the world's influence on them. Help them to stand firm in their faith and to stand out in the crowd. I pray for the church picnic and the bocce ball tournament and the other activities of the church. Uh, help us to... Uh, invite someone to these things that uh, we don't usually and uh, give, give them exposure to us and so that they can see that we're kind, loving people and they want to be part of us. But most of all, that they need you as their Savior. I pray for Dale Woods and his family uh, as his mother has passed this week. Um, we thank you that uh, she's in heaven and we just uh, give you all the praise and the glory. But I know that there's a hole in, in their heart, and uh, I pray that you would help fill that this week. I pray for Hannah with her concussion. Uh, there's not a lot of time left before school starts, and she's got a long ways to go. And we just pray that you would put your hands of healing on her and restore her to her health so that she can fully participate in the school and do what she needs to do to not get behind in her studies. Uh, give her patience as she can't be very uh, active at this time. I pray for the people in Texas uh, for the mass flooding that they're enduring and the winds and this huge storm that's hit them. Uh, I pray that you would keep them safe Help them make good decisions about whether to move out or not. And uh, we pray that this storm would abate quickly so that the drainage can begin. 
I pray for all of the lost on there, that maybe you would use this as an opportunity to bring them to yourselves. In Christ's name, amen. If you don't mind, I still want to preach down here. I'll be over here, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry if I take a drink, but I'm on this new medicine for my headaches. It seems to be helping, but it really makes my mouth dry. So I need, I need something in a little bit. And the coffee helps. Yeah, keeps me awake. Yeah. If I can't stay awake, then there's a problem. Okay, we're going to be looking at uh, Isaiah 43, 41. That's a very familiar passage to many people. <coughs> Isaiah 41, verses 10 through 13. Uh, does anybody off the top of your head know what that says? You can look it up in the bulletin. Fear not. Fear not. And, and our response is, yeah, right. Usually. But God really says fear not. There's plenty of reasons to fear not. And we're going to talk about those reasons this morning. Uh, from Isaiah 41. We all have fears. We have different fears. Some of us have what they call phobias. Mine is kind of going over bridges. I hate bridges. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I just hate bridges. I want to close my eyes when I go over them, but I'm driving. So that's not a good idea. So... Um, <clears throat> I don't know why, I can't explain it, but that's what phobias are. They're just fears, irrational fears. Although some bridges fall in, that happens <laughs> more and more. Um, some of us don't want to admit them. We may even be embarrassed by some of our fears. Maybe we have a fear of spiders or fear of frogs or fear of anything. A lot of times we have fear of the dark. But uh, one of my great fears is heights. Never forget going to Chicago, visiting my sister. We went up in the, uh, what's that? Sears Tower. Sears Tower. We went up in the Sears Tower, one elevator all the way up. Imagine that shaft. I mean, the fear that the elevator's going to let go, I don't know how many stories, all the way down, it would be this tall. Um, I guess it wouldn't hurt because, you know, it'd be over. But the door opens up. There's nothing but glass and clouds. And my kids go running right for it. And I wanted to grab them. I was frozen, literally frozen in fear. I couldn't move. Even though my head says, save my kids, I was that frozen in fear. And, I, and I, there's a bench right by the elevator, and I sat on the bench. I couldn't move. So um, I don't like heights. Uh, although I'm getting used to a plane. That, that's kind of okay. But generally, I don't like to be more than 10 feet off the ground. 
fortunately, that's part of the reason why I have a one-story house. It's not so bad up there, you know. You, you don't have to go up two stories and paint and all that baloney. I don't even like to go upstairs, so forget it. <coughs> uh, so there's lots of fears, and, uh, and you know, there's rational fears, fears of stuff that we should be afraid of, like uh, one waitress was killed in Mississippi because she told a man in the restaurant that it was a no-smoking restaurant. He shot her. So there's lots of fears. There's been attacks in Paris where people are driving in the crowds and stuff. Fear gives us important information that says watch out. Right? So fear serves us in a lot of ways. But sometimes it's irrational fear. And that's what God wants to help us see our irrational fears and kind of let go of them a little bit. So Isaiah 41 helps us with that. Uh, verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. <clears throat> Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. Those who war against you shall be as nothing at all. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Pretty awesome stuff, right? Okay, so we know that headwise. We just got to feel it. Right? And that's, that's, the, uh, that's the conflict that we run into. Our head knows one thing, but our heart says, oh, oh, oh baby, watch out. Right? But our head says, no, keep going, take the next step. And our heart says, no, it's too scary, I won't do it. Uh, so we want our head to override the fear in our heart and keep going forward. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, if we all admit it, we're concerned about the future here of our church. We want it to grow and stuff, and we have some fears about that. But you know what? God's in charge, whatever we do. Now, it, certainly it's our job to do our part, to invite people and stuff. But in the end, it's God who opened the church, and it's God who will close the church if that time comes. To start with, God says, fear not. Now, the first thing I thought of was the angels going to the shepherds. What was the first thing they said? Fear not. Right? The first thing they said was, don't be afraid. Uh, for I bring you good tidings, you know. But the first thing they'd say was, you know, this angel appears, don't be afraid. Uh, we talk a lot with my son Corey in Florida. And uh, he told us this week that uh, he didn't have any money for his, for his lunch that day. And uh, so he was just hanging out. And a total stranger noticed that and gave him five bucks for lunch. You know, God's in charge. He knows what's going on. And I said, the first thing that came to my mind was, that's an angel. God sent an angel to him to help him out in his time of need. And uh, that's pretty cool. So we should take courage because God is with us. If we can hold on to that fact, it's not just wishful or positive thinking. 
It's fact. The Bible says it. It's true. So we should be able to stand firm and remain strong and courageous against evil. When we think that God is absent, or we doubt whether he is with us, when we're anxious and frightened, we need to stop. You know, sometimes your mind gets spinning and you got all these worries on your mind and you just can't seem to shut your brain off. And you're laying in bed at 2 in the morning, your brain's still going. Pray. God is with us. He's right there with us. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows our hearts. He knows our troubles. And just remind yourself that God is with us. And we'll see how David did that later. Um, So Psalmist says, Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. Uh, We need to do that on a regular basis. Just be still and just talk to God. And uh, tell him all your uh, anxieties and all your fears. He's there to listen. He's there to help us. Um, he's promised that he, that he will help us in our infirmities. And not only that, but did you hear earlier, all our enemies are as dust. Nobody can fight against us. We, if we search for our enemies, they're not to be found. I mean, that's how powerful this is. Uh, God has already taken care of all of our enemies. In order to face our fears, the first thing that we need to remember is that God is with us. So David reminds us of Psalm 23, 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And that's what we fear. We fear evil, right? I mean, do we fear good? Sometimes, I guess. You know, I think of the night before I got married, you're kind of afraid... You don't know what's going to happen, but but that that's kind of a good fear. I mean, that's that's just normal. It worked out obviously because we're still together and we're still going strong. But you know, everybody the night before you get married is like, do I really want to do this? What's going on? I don't know. Here we go. I don't know. You did you feel that at all? <laughs> so. She had a lot more reasons to be fearful than I did. Yeah, like yeah, she had a lot more reasons to be afraid than I did. Uh, <coughs> so af- in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, after giving us the great commission, Jesus promised His presence. Right. So like I preached last week, to reach the lost, have a burden for the lost. And even then, he says right after that, he's going to be with us. So we don't need to be afraid as far as speaking out for the Lord because God is with us. He's sovereign. He's in control. He's in charge. No matter what your circumstances are, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's not okay to experience fear because we're human and we do. But just try to remind ourselves when we're feeling afraid that God is with us all the time. His presence is... Here, everywhere. If you're filled with fear today, it may be because you're acting like Jesus isn't here. So the first thing is, I will live without fear because God is with me. So if you don't feel God's presence a lot, then you can work on that. There's ways of working on that uh, through prayer and reading scriptures. 
where you, where you uh, feel more connected to God and feel his presence with you. The second part of this is overcoming fear. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Again, that's a powerful statement. If God is for us, who can be against us? Right? And again, our enemies are as dust. To be dismayed literally means you have completely lost courage. And there's going to be some time in our life, maybe more than once, where we're just, we don't have, we're, our reserves are gone, we're, we're shot. We need God's intervention completely to help us take the next step. And the only way we can take the next step is in his strength and his power. So it's not really our strength or power that does it. Uh, so the, the key to not being dismayed is to make sure that God is your God. First Samuel 36, uh, and David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Right. So part of it's our action, that we need to take action to strengthen ourselves in, in our God, which is reminding ourselves of verses that we know to be true, that we need, and in prayer. So what changed? David took action, he prayed with God, and he got God's strength, which he is ready, readily available. So, we've learned, I've lived without fear because God is with me. I will not be dismayed because he is my God. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. So we don't have to do it on our own. He even does that for us. We need to learn to lean on God to strengthen us. And it's just that strength that get, can get us through tough times. Now the nice thing about being in, in church, one of the nice things about being in church, is that we can share our faith. So when we're really down and low and, you know, all our faith is kind of used up, other people can come in and they got different perspectives and they have more power and strength and they can come beside us and pray and hold us and all that and just feel God's presence through each other. And, uh, that you know, it's a privilege to, to be a part of this church and to have people that you can count on and they would come pray with you and be with you anytime you need it. And uh, so that's something that the lost don't have. When they, the friends that they have don't have the answers that we have, and, and they're, they feel all alone. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 2 Timothy 4.17 So how many times are we able to say that we've been strengthened by the Lord? Well, one nice thing about getting older is that you've got a lot of past experience with the Lord that you, that you can lean on. You know that he's pulled you through different things. And uh, he's pulled me through a lot of stuff. And I can lean on that because I know that God's pulled me through before and he's going to pull me through again. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will trust God to help me, because God is always present with us. 
He promises his strength and he promises to help us. So, um, after the writer of Hebrews reminds us the Lord will never leave us or forsake us, he then tells us, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Dick told me a, a joke this morning I'll share with you because it fits right in here. Uh, husband and wife are kind of arguing about who's going to make the coffee. The wife says, it's your job to do the coffee. And the husband says, no, it's your job to do the coffee. And so they go back and forth and back and forth. And finally, the wife says, you know, that's in the Bible that it's your job to make the coffee. And the man says, uh, I've read the Bible. I don't remember reading that. And she goes, you never read Hebrews? Thanks, Dick. Dick's always good with a joke, and that's good. Isn't it great to say with confidence, the Lord is my helper? If he's my helper, I have nothing to fear, because people can do nothing to me. Jesus reminds us that God is our friend. He will never unfriend us from Facebook when we do something stupid or when we sin or when we're stressed out, but instead, he promises to help us. You know, the lower we are, the more God helps us. But we've got to be in the right frame of mind to notice it. Right? We've got to be looking for it. So finally, the fifth reason is, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, I'm kind of a lefty, so I think that's a little prejudice. But, uh, you know, God's right-handed. Okay. I'll give him that one, but why did he make me left hand? I don't know. In Psalm 145, 13, the Lord is faithful to all he promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. He helps us, he holds us, and again, remember, we need to submit to him and not to the world. God gives us assurance of his strength, help and support in life and death. We need to realize who God is. That's, that's when we really start to know God's presence. When we really get a hold of who God is, what are his attributes? Do we really know God's attributes about who he, who he is? He's ever-present, uh, he's all-powerful. My favorite is he's sovereign. Uh, he's the God of love grace, mercy, um, and also justice. Uh, you know, the, the, the uh, symbol for justice is the blind woman holding the scales and it's supposed to balance out. Well, God's got that all figured out. You know, nobody ever really gets away with anything. Uh, all our sins are right. God is aware of that. Now, fortunately for those who are saved... Uh, Jesus' blood covers all those sins. But we never get away with anything, even if we do it, you know, without anybody noticing. We don't. God knows. God is with us. We should have no fear. He reveals his presence in the midst of our circumstances. But you've got to look for it sometimes. Uh, so, <clears throat> there's parallelisms between verse 10 and verse 13. They both say, fear not. They both tell us God is our God. They both tell us God will uphold us. 
They both refer to his right hand. So God's right hand is upholding us. Uh, it says he, God will hold our right hand. Is that right? Right hand? He should hold, yeah, he should hold my left hand if he's right-handed. Okay, that's, that's how the left hand fits in there. I knew it was some way. So if he's right-handed, I can hold his left hand, or right hand. So he's got it figured out. The Father's mighty right hand can defeat any enemy. But in his left hand, he's holding his child. He's holding his child's right hand. So I picture God holding us as we face him, just as a parent would comfort their child. God looks at us, and we look at him, and we see his love and power, and we experience his comfort. So fear not. God is with you. He is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will uphold us. So if God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. So fear not. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for us in our infirmities that sometimes we don't uh, see you clearly. Sometimes in our frailties we, we don't feel your presence with us. But Lord, we have Scripture that argues that. Scripture that's very important to us. Many verses, many, many verses that say, fear not, for you're with us. You will help us, you will uphold us uh, in our time of need and distress. And especially in our time of need and distress. When we need you the most, that's when you show up. And Lord, we thank you for that kind of love that you give to us. That kind of mercy. And we don't deserve any of it, but you give it to us anyway because you love us in the midst of our sin. Help us to share that kind of love with those around us, the unsaved around us, and uh, help them to be aware of their need for you. As you brought each one of us to yourself, we pray that you would br bring one of them, bring some of them to you yourself too, uh, through us. In Jesus' name, amen.